This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Holiday tips and wine stories from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. The custom of bumping glasses with a cheers greeting came from Old Rome. When in Rome, cheers. Satisfy Auntie Alice's sweet tooth with a pairing of port and bourbon pecan pie. And just maybe, you won't get another ugly sweater this year. For me, nothing beats recommending a great wine. And with such an extensive selection, I can now find a perfect wine in your budget. As you check off that gift list this holiday season, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine and More. Cheers. Motorcycle Madhouse, presented by Insane Toronto Biker News, hosted by none other than... Right now, I don't feel too agreeable. And ...everyone's favorite online personality, the thorn in every Leo's side, James Hollywood Machikari and his partner in crime, Double Barrel. How you guys doing out there? This is James Hollywood Machikari, host of the Motorcycle Madhouse. Today's episode is going to focus on a few things out here. Let's get uh, the first segment. We're going to be talking about the proper way to start a motorcycle club. Our second segment is going to be focusing on that uh, dastardly guy, uh, that little rascal, District Eternal D.A. Abel Rainia. How you doing there, you wizard? Uh, this guy's in charge of the Twin Peaks incident that happened on May 17th, 2015. Uh, that ended with 9 dead, over 20 wounded, and over 175 arrests. But first, I want to take care of some uh, housekeeping duties. Uh, Insane Throttle is happy to announce we will be having George Christie... 45-year member of the Hells Angel Motorcycle Club, author of Exile on Front Street and Marked. That's his new book. Uh, George Christie will also be starring in a one-man show in theaters around the country. When we get those dates, we will let everyone know uh, what's going on. Um, Motorcycle Madhouse will be uh, recording George Christie's interview on uh, February 21st. Uh, it's going to be available the following day, so that's probably going to be a great one to hear. Uh, also, I want to announce Insane Throttle has a new chat line. If you're looking for something uh, special, uh, you're looking for someone special, or just want to talk, give the Insane Throttle chat line a try. Uh, it's real people, real talk, and all you have to do is call 509-876-5900. Uh, set up your profile, and uh, you're not going to be sorry. It's kind of a fun uh, chat line, man. It gets pretty weird out there. It's pretty much a uh, madhouse on that chat line. But uh, let's get uh, into our first segment. Uh, our first episode last week had to deal with, uh, should I join a riding club or a motorcycle club? Uh, 
So I wanted to go into this episode by talking a little bit about motorcycle clubs right now. Uh, you can download the episode uh, that we talked about last at harleybikernews.com as well as many other of the episodes that we had, uh, Motorcycle Madhouse. So you want to start a motorcycle club. You're probably thinking, what should you do? Where should you go? How you should go about it? All those good things. And those are all good questions. And, you know, I can give you a few examples of... uh, just some of the stuff you might want to do before you try to get the you know the club started and get off the ground correctly. You know the first thing you want to do. Any motorcycle club worth its muster is going to start out with six men. This is so you can fill all the positions your club will need. Positions such as president, vice president, sergeant at arms, road captain, and all that jive. Now, I know you see a lot of pop-up clubs on the internet. And that is something you do not want to follow. You know, you will see some of these clubs who only have two or three people claim they are a law-abiding club for protection because they didn't want to go through the correct way of doing things. You know, they go out there on the internet, recruit people that they never met. And my question really is, how can you have a brotherhood with people you've never met? It's a simple question. Uh, this is why you will see people making fun of those clubs on social media. If you really want to see what happens uh, to these so-called pop-up clubs, I want to direct you to Iron Order Truth Crew on Facebook. This is a page that has a lot of good information on the subject of pop-ups and all the clubs you might want to stay away from. So, you got your six brothers together. So what's next? Ride, ride, ride. You know, do it for at least a year. Don't do it with, a, you know, don't get no colors. Don't get no name together. You know, get the brotherhood built without the patch. You have to remember one thing. The patch or the name doesn't make the motorcycle club. The men do. If you cannot build a strong brotherhood during that year of riding... How do you expect to make a strong MC when you do finally name it and come up with a patch design? So that's very that's real important to understand. Get to know each other, get together, ride, all that good stuff. Now during that year that you guys are getting to know each other and you know you're going out there riding, see how everybody rides, getting to know everybody's families, you're gonna want to go meet with your dominant club. And what do I mean by dominant club is your one percenter club in your area. To do your club properly and get rid of some of the headaches, do it right away. Talk with them. Explain that you're thinking about forming something in the future. Not right now, but in the future. But first you're in the process of building a good brotherhood foundation is what you're going to want to tell them. You know, go to their parties open houses, all that good stuff. Anything they invite you to, go. Show your support for them. You know, this is going to help them get to know you and you them because you're going to want to get to know them. Uh, Doing this is going to help you when the time comes when you have that sit down and say, hey, this is our plan. 
you know, the next thing you're going to want to do is you got your brotherhood built. You went out there riding, hanging out with the dominant club, built a relationship with them. Now you want to decide on the name and your patch design. You don't go right out there and get your patches sewn. You got to decide if you're going to be wearing a one-piece, two-piece, or a three-piece patch. These are the things you want to have ready when you talk to the dominant club. The dominant club might also want to see your bylaws. So make sure you have them when you sit down at your meeting with them. The more information you have, the more you look like you have it together, and the better the outcome will be. That's why I say just don't run out there and get patches made up and put names on your back because it might not be agreeable to the one percenter. You know, you got to, you know, know the colors that they're going to allow you to fly the name. If there's another club out there with that name, they'll tell you. You know, if you get the go-ahead from them, the work is just starting for your club. This is a time when the club must focus on its goals. When you're being, when you first get started with a club, there's going to be a lot of chaos. You're going to have to know if you're going to be getting a clubhouse, what will your membership dues will be if you do get that clubhouse, because they get expensive. Uh, what kind of membership process will there be for you bringing in other members? But the biggest thing you're going to want to remember is your bylaws. That's going to make or break your motorcycle club. Stick with your bylaws. Vote on everything. The club's going to be a success. You know, I know these steps might be a little time-consuming. But if you follow some of this advice, your new club will have a good shot at success. Now these steps are just advice. They are not all the steps that might be taken. Your dominant club might have other hoops you might have to jump through. But one of the biggest things everyone has to do is learn protocol. There's many places that you you know you can learn that stuff. You know, hanging out with your dominant club is going to teach you a ton of stuff on protocol. There's also sources on our website, www.harleyliberty.com. There's also videos given by Black Dragon. He's on YouTube. Or go to your dominant and just plain and simply ask him. There's no shame in asking. It's better to ask than, in the, you know, in the end end up with two dotted eyes because you're ignorant because you didn't want to ask. The last thing I would suggest is stay away from recruiting on the internet. Don't look to form chapters of your club for at least five years. If you have to get your own chapter together, how are you going to be able to start other chapters around the nation? Remember, you're not a dominant club. There is protocols and rules that must be followed. The same process that I outline exists all over the country. Whatever dominant gave you the blessing is the one your club is attached to. It, that means no matter what you tell yourself or how much you want to fool yourself that you're an independent club, you're just, you know what, you're just an ignorant fool then because you're either on one side of the fence or the other. For example, you start a club in Chicago, got your blessings and all that. 
I can probably bet I can put a million dollars if your club started in Chicago, you wouldn't be able to get the blessing to open a chapter in Oakland, California. And, you know, get what I'm saying there? If you can't see it, then you really shouldn't be trying to start a club. Grow your chapter. Don't worry about all the expansion crap. If you sit there wanting to go nationwide, you're going to find that your club is going to, you know, fold real quick. So, there are some pointers on going about starting the club. You know, I hope this gives you a basic idea of, you know, how to go about starting a legit club. If you have any questions, shoot them to me at james at hdbikernews.com. And I'm going to go take a break real quick. Uh, I'm going to put on a song by Ricky Cooper, Outlaw Ways. When I come back, it's time to... Uh, talk about Waco and all that craziness going on down there and uh, I'll see you after the song I'm a singing songwriter and a no bar fighter like the old pretty women all night I drink a little beer and I roll a little smoke jump into our next uh, segment. We're going to go pretty deep on this one. Uh, it's about uh, District Attorney D.A. Reina. Uh, 
In our continuing series, The Day America Lost Its Civil Rights, we are going to introduce, we've been introducing the players in the ongoing struggle that is Twin Peaks. Our previous article, we introduced uh, Jake's attorney, Casey, the pit bull, I call her, or Troa. I hate, I, you know, I hope I didn't kill your name there, Casey. Uh, she's the powerhouse attorney that in the middle of the court called the prosecution's illegal conduct to the forefront for all of us to see. Uh, the pit bull through her work on, you know, Jake's first trial, which by the way, ended in a mistrial, showed the world just how corrupt the McAllen District Attorney Office really was. You know, besides the hard work of the pit bull, you know, that's Casey, there has been other instances about this DA that has started to come to surface. You know, for example, a retired Waco police officer in an affidavit said that uh, the district attorney, or I'll call him the wizard, is currently under investigation by the FBI for public corruption. You know, something that really isn't far-fetched considering his hunger for power off the Twin Peaks incident. A hunger that he's been using for political gain to regain his position as DA in a primary against Barry Johnson. You know, if you go to Insane Throttle, we I actually put a video of the debate on there, and the debate was most of the issues that were, you know, was taken up. You know, there was no other issues in that uh, recording that I put up. So that's showing you just how important that primary is down there. You know, another one, we also have a Waco attorney that uh, filed an affidavit in 2014 one of her clients personally delivered cocaine to the DA. That's what it says in the, the affidavit. You know, I always wondered if the DA got the discount price or the free of charge deal in that thing. Anyways, you know, looking at it from a guy from Chicago, the DA would fit in perfect with the way they do things around here in Chicago. We call it, you know, the Chicago machine because, you know, it was ran by Daly and everybody around here is freaking Democrats and they're so corrupt it's, you know, it kills you. Uh, the DA fits them perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. He fits the corruption and he's always looking for out for his best interest instead of the, uh, looking out for the interests of the people that elected him. You know, why else would he arrest over 175 people? Think about that. 175 people. Most of whom were just innocent bystanders. If you ask me, personally, I think he wanted to show his dick size off. That's just me, though. You know, maybe he's got a small fucking dick. I don't know. Maybe he has to make it look bigger and, you know, pick on people. Costed them hundreds of thousands of dollars you know, the prosecute people that don't have the money to, you know, defend themselves. So, Mr. Wizard, we report things a lot different here in Chicago. We're going to keep it real. You're not going to find any safe haven in my reporting. I'm like an old broken down sink. You know, an old broken down sink drips and drips until finally the pipes burst wide open and water spills everywhere. 
You know, that's how I'm going to plan on reporting on you. I'm going to drip and drip out information. Then finally, I'll burst and let out the most damning information I can on you. See, you might have the mainstream press, your Waco code that states attorneys have to make a living in Waco, so they have to play by the rules. Whose rules that is, I do not know. I didn't know uh, the U.S. Constitution, the state constitution of Texas uh, was made by guys, by you and without a boat. But you know what? I'm a shy town boy. I've reported on dozens of people like you. Always the same thing. You follow the trail, the money, and the power, and from there, the cell of the federal prison closes right behind you. But in the interest of fairness, because that's who I am, I give both sides of the story, I will give you every opportunity to prove me wrong on whatever I have to say about you or report to you. Just think of this, Mr. Wizard. This is only the beginning. There'll be one article a week that I'll be writing on you, seen by the whole damn world. And when I mean by that, I love my readership, by the way. All those hundreds of websites worldwide that carry my RSS feed, some of whom come from countries I can't even pronounce or didn't know exist. But that's besides the point. I invite you on the Motorcycle Madhouse. I will give you every opportunity to explain your side of the Waco case, answer the many questions that plagued you as the DA taking on this case, and here is your opportunity to reach a worldwide audience, Mr. Wizard. Come on. You know you want to set the record straight, have all the access to those people would do wonders for your career. After all, that's what Waco is all about, isn't it? Your career. You know, since picking up this story, and I do apologize for not picking it up sooner, I've always felt that the local bloggers and journalists would be reporting it as it is, and as it should be, but that hasn't been the case, because uh, I believe the real story is the after-incident, the abuse of police power, the abuse of district attorney's power, and I always wondered how you sleep at night. How can you sleep knowing the lives you are destroying right now for no other reason than for power and for freaking political gain? 175 people, I might be off by one or two, maybe more, couldn't possibly, possibly had anything to do with that incident. What you did was weaponize the law for your personal gain. My hopes are this, and I'll tell you straight up. When your game is finally figured out by the U.S. Department of Justice, because I'm sure they'll be conducting stuff on you, because word has it the FBI is investigating you. When all those you've kept in your web of deceit, all those innocent people... I hope and pray when them doors slam behind you in that 6 by 6 cell, all those demons, the demons that you have brought out and all those innocent people punished 
for no reason at all come roaring at you while you're sitting in your little six by six cell. I hope they keep you awake at night, clawing and scratching at your soul. You know what, Mr. Wizard? You're a fake man. You, you, you really are. How many people's civil rights did you pounce on? Think about it. How many civil rights have you pounced on by what you have done? You know, let's go into another thing. A Waco police officer said in uh, an affidavit that the McKellen uh, District Attorney Abel Reina has been under an FBI investigation for alleged public corruption. Now this source is USA Today. Waco, Texas. A retired Texas police officer says in an affidavit that the FBI is investigating McKellen County District Attorney Abel Reyna for alleged public corruption. The affidavit was filed Tuesday by George Salinas. Now, this article was a couple months old, so I wonder where it's going from here, but he's among the more than 150 bikers indicted on criminal conspiracy charges following a May 2015 shooting in Waco that left nine dead. It's the third affidavit signed by a former law enforcement official who says FBI agents interviewed them about Reyna allegedly helping campaign donors avoid legal trouble. Hey, right there, sounds like Chicago, buddy. You know, the affidavits were filed in support of Selena's motion to compel the prosecution office to share evidence and force Reyna to testify. Reyna says he's not aware of uh, any FBI investigation of him. That allegation made in Tuesday affidavit aren't true. Well, there's a winner. Uh, FBI smoking Roseanne Hughes says the agency cannot confirm the existence of the investigation. Well, of course, we know the FBI, you know, they can't confirm or deny anything. Next, we have an affidavit that alleges that uh, cocaine has been delivered to D.A. Reina. Uh, I might as well just call this guy Mr. Wizard. I can't pronounce his last damn name. I'm just butchering it. Uh, the source is Waco Tribune. A Waco attorney said in a swarm affidavit that one of her clients in 2014... And this is coming from a former Waco attorney told an FBI agent investigating McClellan District Attorney Abel Reina that his personal, he personally delivered cocaine for Reina's use. The affidavit from former McClellan County Prosecutor Brittany Scaramucci, I wonder if she's uh, related to the Mooch, was filed Thursdays to uh, support motions from Twin Peaks shootout bikers George Daniel Salinas and Billy Jason McCree, who are asking judges to compel Rainier's office to provide evidence in Twin Peaks cases. The Mooch affidavit also alleges that Rainier arranged to have an appointed attorney, special prosecutor in cases in which he recused office for the purpose of facilitating, facilitating, my fault, I got a fucking tongue tie there, political-based dismissal on behalf of Rainier. We go on. 
In a statement sent to local television station, Mr. Wizard, yet another example of Twin Peaks defense lawyers digging up a disgruntled former employee. You ever notice when there's a whistleblower, it's always a disgruntled employee. You know, that's their go-to for everything when they don't want to admit wrong, isn't it, everybody? <laughs> it's, it never ceases to amaze me. Uh, here we go. We keep on going here. Fort Worth attorney Brian Buford, who represents Salinas, wondered, wandered in his email response to uh, Mr. Wizard statement why Mr. Wizard didn't deny the accusations. Well, he's quite freaking right there. You know, Mr. Wizard, you know, didn't deny the accusations that were made against him. You know, it's certainly, a, he, he goes on to state, it certainly appears there are a lot of so-called disgruntled former employees at the McKellen County DA's office during uh, Mr. Wizard's tenure as DA, Buford said. What's particularly noteworthy about Mrs. Scaramucci is that unlike Mr. Uh, Wizard, it's actually Mr. Rainey, but it's Mr. Wizard to me, she has given her information under oath in the form of an affidavit and is expected to testify under oath, as has Mr. Greg Davis, the former first assistant DA under Mr. Wizard, and as well as other witnesses who know too well how Mr. Wizard has chosen to execute his responsibilities as a public servant and as a member of the Texas Bar. Scaramucci, whose last name was Delanen, was representing Brandon Gatlin on an evading arrest charge in 2014. When she said Gatlin contacted her after seeing her name in the Trib Herald story about her role as special prosecutor in DWI cases involving Louis Jarvis and his wife Jennifer Jones Jarvis. At the time of the arrest, uh, Louis Jarvis was a project manager for a facility contractor at Baylor. Uh, university's physical plant and his wife was executive secretary and former Baylor president and chancellor Ken Starr. Damn man, you pissing everybody off down there Mr. Wizard. Uh, let's see here. Everyone should be horrified by a guy like this. You don't say. This guy takes the cake when a, a, the Chicago machine couldn't even... The Chicago machine would be worshipping a guy like this. This guy is just unreal. It's, you know, like I said, it's bad enough that we are seeing how the President of the United States is having to fight the deep state. You know, news like this is coming out how bad it really is. How bad the people that are not elected by the citizens but are employed by the government are doing something like this. And they do it through propaganda and through media. You know, that's what's going on down there, it looks like. it's It sounds like all the so-called newspapers down there, they don't want to, you know, report on Mr. Wizard. I wonder how much they got on, you know, Mr. Wizard has them on their payroll. But, uh... You know, this is a classic example of a power-hungry, corrupt DA. You know, on our next segment of Motorcycle Madhouse, we're going to go through some more of the listenership questions. 
explore some of the biker news going on and keep doing what we do. And, uh, like I said, what's really important to Insane Throttle and the Madhouse is you're going to hear truth from all sides, unaltered and unfiltered. We don't care what club it is or, you know, who says this, who says that, who badmouths this or badmouths that. We don't care. We're going to give both sides, you know, the right to speak up. And that's the only way to really do things the right way. But uh, think about some of the stuff you just heard about this DA. Think about the type of people that are really in charge of shit. And maybe it's time as Americans we start holding these type of people accountable. Because if you don't, we're going to be the same type of people that got arrested in Waco, did nothing wrong, losing their houses, losing their jobs, because one person wants power. Think about that. Think about that the next time you say, I don't want to vote because I don't feel like voting. Or think about that the next time, you know, well, screw this law or screw that law they're voting on, it don't affect me. Everything these people do affect you. And if you don't get involved, don't cry when it comes down. I'm serious. Don't cry. Because... You might be the next person that ends up in a cell over some stupid shit you never did. But with that, we're going to sign off with our traditional song, Bury Me With My Guns On by Bubba Flex, and uh, I'll catch you uh, next time around. I'm James Hollywood Machikari, and don't forget to uh, visit us on Insane Throttle at www.harleyliberty.com, and I'm out.
he's close. Holiday tips and wine stories from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Did you know there are over one million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Here's to a whole lot of celebrating. Crisp whites like a floral Sauvignon Blanc pairs perfectly with shrimp cocktail and other light appetizers. Now that's how you kick off a holiday meal. Don't stress about choosing the right wine for a meaningful gift. Consider me your wine concierge. As you check off that gift list this holiday season, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine and More. Cheers. Holiday tips and wine stories from Kristen and Paul at Total Wine and More. The sweetness of a maple glazed ham paired with a bourbon barrel aged Cabernet. We went there. Now my taste buds are hopping. I can help you impress the boss with a great bottle of wine. Here's to a raise in 2019. As you check off that gift list, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine and More. Come explore at our 12 Northern Virginia locations. Now open in Reston at Plaza America Center, across from Whole Foods. Shop online at TotalWine.com.